In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let's quickly review. Let's quickly review these past few weeks of great Lent to remind ourselves of this journey that we started a few weeks ago and to remind ourselves of those Sunday Gospels that are um, uh, giving us a message, a direction, a path, a way for us to understand how are, how are we to prepare ourselves for the Feast of the Resurrection, which we will, God willing, celebrate in a few, in a few weeks. The first Sunday, seek first the Kingdom of God in all its righteousness. And so we remember or we remind ourselves that Christ, when He came, He brought the Kingdom. He brought the Kingdom. And when He came and He brought the Kingdom, He called people to come into that Kingdom. And by entering into the Church through the sacraments, we begin to live that Kingdom in all of its power and in all of its might to the best of our ability as human beings here on Earth. Number, week number two, the week of the temptations, we see him defeating the devil and giving us also the ability to be victorious over the devil. Week three, uh, the prodigal son, he welcomes the repentant. Week four, he seeks after the repentant and promises to, nourishes, to nourish the soul of the repentant person with his own spirit. I will give you living water. Last week he raised the fallen who had fallen in paralysis and we understood that to be those who are paralyzed by sin. He raises them up from their fallen state. Today he teaches us many things. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world and that he must work while it is day, for the night is coming. And we can understand this idea of how he is the light of the world and how he's given sight to this man who was born blind. We can understand it in light of the other meanings. What, what does this mean for us? Well, we as baptized Christians, we have also received the true light. And St. Paul says in the Pauline epistle, which was read a few minutes ago from Colossians chapter 3, from 5 to 17, he first speaks about the sins that were part of us before we were baptized, and then he says, but now, after being baptized, he tells us which of these sins that we ought to put away. And he says that now you are a new person who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Christ, of Christ who created us. And that there is no longer Greek, nor Jew, circumcised, nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all. When He comes to become, when He comes as the light of the world, He comes that He might be all and in all. And St. Paul says that at the end of time, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that at the end of time, when all is said and done, when everything is, is, is done, he says Christ will be all in all, or God will be all in all. There's nothing that will exist outside of God, and nothing will exist apart from God. 
Nothing will exi- can exist outside of God and nothing can exist apart from God. And for us, this is extremely important for us to know that destination and that goal. And in the Catholic epistle, St. John says to us, we know, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. And, and just kind of connecting that with the final words of our Savior in this gospel, he says to the Pharisees, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say we see, therefore your sin remains. And so we have to kind of mesh these two uh, readings together. He who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God. He's saying the one who is born of God, who is in the church, who is participating in this life, in this kingdom, we know that he is of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. And we know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the true God. And this is eternal life. Now this man, his blindness, initially you might say what a tragedy, but not all tragedies are tragedies. Christ reveals his glory and we see something in this, in this man that we wouldn't see in somebody who is studying the law, studying the prophets from, from his young age. You see in this, in this person, if I dare say something that you, you didn't see in Paul until you know, the road, he was on the road to Damascus and Christ came to him. But you see in this man a humbleness that he is able to accept Christ, accept his, his, his healing and understand that... Uh, Christ is the one that not only he sees with his eyes at the very end, but he sees with his heart. That he saw Christ before he saw Christ with his eyes. He understood Christ before he even knew what he looked like or anything about him. And you see this progression in the story where he starts as, first he is a man, then he is a prophet, and then he says to the Jews, do you also want to become his disciple as if he's committed? I'm going to be his disciple. Do you also want to become his disciple? And in addition to that, he says at the very end, he wants to become a worshiper of God. And Christ comes to him and says, Do you believe? He says, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe? He says, I'm the one speaking to you. I'm he. And he says, I believe. And he worshiped him. Now for us, this humility, this frankness, this boldness, this this change, this transformation that we see in this blind man, we have to kind of apply to our lives spiritually. Now imagine for a second that you are blind. Play along with me, right? Just let's imagine this. Who of you would get in a car and start driving? There was this funny movie. It's an Arabic movie. I went to a film festival in, in New York uh, when I was at, in, in college, and it was at, it was at the Lincoln, uh, it was the Arab Film Festival in the Lincoln Center, and I saw this movie, Kit Kat. I think a lot of you might have, it's for those of you that never seen it, it was a blind man who thought he could see. And so you, you, the, the, the only scene I remember is him on a motorcycle, he's driving a motorcycle. And there's another person who's behind him, trusting that, he, he's also blind, but he's trusting that this man can see, this man can't see. None of us who would be blind would do this. It's, it's comedy. It's not something we would do in real life. 
And of course, we would never get behind the wheel with somebody else who is blind. But how do we assess spiritual blindness? How do we know if we're spiritually blind? Now, there's blindness on three different levels, at least. But we have to be able to, we have to be able to admit at some level that we are blind spiritually, because we don't want to fall into the same problem of the Pharisees who say we can see, we know everything, I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I know what to do, I know, I know, I know. How do we assess the spiritual blindness within us? I, I propose that there's three things that we have to really get to the heart of. Number one, there are those who are blind to who, Je to who Jesus is. Those who are blind to who Jesus is. What does that mean? Well, we have to ask ourselves, if I knew who Jesus was, if I knew who Jesus was, for example, and I knew he's going to be at, at X and Y location on a, a certain day, a kind of like with the story of St. Beshoi, who they were all going into the de desert to see Christ. And forget about the, the old man that, G that he picks up and becomes, that person becomes Christ or is Christ. Forget about that, but with what, with what energy would we go to see Christ? With what, how would we prepare ourselves if we know who is Jesus Christ? And in knowing who Jesus Christ is, that requires a certain response for us, from us. So if I know who Jesus Christ is, how do I approach reading the words of God, His words? If I know who Jesus Christ is, how do I approach coming to church? Do I come and approach the Word of God casually, as if I'm picking up, I put down a magazine, I pick up the Word of God to read just as easy as I pick up the newspaper or something else? When I come to church, do I come to church casually? Is it a, if I have time, I'll make it? If I can, I'll go? Or do we come with fear and with trembling? Am I blind to who Jesus is? And then there's a blindness to how Christ reveals to us the Father. Christ reveals to us the Father. We don't believe in three gods. We don't believe in the Father as God and Jesus Christ as another God and the Holy Spirit as a third God. We believe in one God. And we failed to worship that one God. And so Jesus Christ came down to remind us who is God so that we could return to God the Father. And that's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. No one comes to the Father except through me. He came down to remind us who the Father is. So that when we worship, we give thanks to the Father, the Pantocrator, the Father of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. We go through this whole um, you know, kind of formula, but it's meant to be that Christ Himself is returning us to worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. No one worships God except the, in the right way except the one who worships in spirit and in truth. We, we found this out a couple weeks ago with the Samaritan woman reminding to us and revealing to us who is the Father. Okay, so how can I know about the Father? If I have a blindness to the Father, how can I know about the Father? I have to approach the Son. I have to, the only way we can approach God is through Jesus Christ. 
And so, in order for me to approach the Father, who I do not know, I have to know about Him through the Son. And I know about Him through the Son by my relationship with the Son, by seeking that relationship through prayer, through the sacraments, through a life of repentance, through, through uh, reading the Bible, through coming to church, through living a life uh, that follows the gospel, a life where my actions follow my words. This is how I gain knowledge of the Father. This is, this is very uh, standard. It's not, there's no book for you to read. I, say, I know I just said the Bible, but it's not, it's not knowledge here. It's in knowledge in, in our actions that, that the blind man who's begging on the side of the street can know God more than the ones that are studying the books because of his desire, because of, of, of who he is and the approach that he has towards God. It's not, it's not something where I have to, there's a set number of books that I have to read. I tell you to read books, yes. And I encourage it because I think that is one of the ways that we can know God. And it's a very good way. It's better than reading anything on the internet. And I encourage you to come to church. And I encourage you to go to repentance. And I encourage you to, to, to go to confession. I encourage you to fast. I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to give money to the poor. I encourage you to serve. All of that because that helps us to know who Jesus Christ is. And it helps us to go back to the Father. Remember, he says, I, naked, I was naked and you clothed me. Right? So if I want to know who is Jesus Christ, I go clothe the naked man or the naked woman. I go to that person to learn who Christ is. There's a, a story from the um, Ava Daniel. Ava Daniel, who um, I, I think I, I say this all the time, right? He, who, who is Ava Daniel? He's the priest in the desert of Shahid during the 4th century. Not every monk is a priest, right? Not like today where every, you become a monk, you become a priest right away. That's not how it was. It was lay people like St. Anthony. St. Anthony is a lay person. And we think of them as monks, but they're just lay people living in the desert. And eventually, yes, monasticism developed and there was this uh, ceremony for them coming in. But in the early stages of it, the monks had to have a priest who would come take their confessions, pray the liturgy for them, do the sacraments for them. They couldn't do it on their own. So Abba Daniel was that guy. And he was uh, always witnessing to, um, to the people that, that he was serving. So there was a blind man. And they're coming in, he and his disciple are coming in, and he sees this blind man, and he says to the disciple, you see this blind man here? And the blind man's there saying, Please give me something, give me something, I need something, I don't have anything, please give me, he's begging. And, uh, and this blind man, he says about this blind man, he says, do you see this blind man here? I tell you, he is a very great man. And let me show you the kind of person he is. So then he's blind, so Abba Daniel goes to him and he goes to the blind man and says, please, I don't have anything, please give me something. And the blind, says, the blind man says to him, I'm blind and I'm begging, and you're asking me for something? He said, please, please give me something. So he said, okay, wait here one second. And then he goes, the blind man goes into, um, you know, through these streets, and he goes and he gets a small basket, and in that basket is raisins and pomegranates and dried figs and some silver coins. And he said, he took it, and, and he even he had a coin in his mouth. It says he took it out of his mouth, he put it in there, and he gave it to Abba Daniel. And he said, you see what he did? You see what he did? And he's, he's showing the disciple. And then later on, this man was so great that when one of the bishops was sick, 
Saint Mark appeared to that bishop and said, go get the blind man from this square. The blind man came, healed him of his sickness. When the Pope found out about this blind man, the Pope ran to see him and he had passed away. And they gave him an honorable burial and everybody came and, and whatnot. What, what's the point of the story? Remember how I began the story? It's not about what you've read. It's about what you do. And the only thing that you can do as best as possible is try as much as possible to imitate the saints, to imitate those holy people who were before us. Now blindness has a third level. The third level is probably sometimes the most difficult, is what does God intend for me? That I can be blind to what God intends of my life, what He has made me for. I can be blind that He even has a plan. I can think I'm so insignificant that there's no way God cares about what I do, how I am. You know, I just want to get through this life and not mess up or do what I can to create a little, you know, get married, have kids, you know, have a house, whatever. And I think most of the plans that God has for us are, are screwed up because of our own laziness, that He whispers it in our ear and we say, no, that can't be God's plan. No, that's not real. It's no way that that's what God wants for me to do. But we know that everyone receives the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is given to us in order so that we can do the work of God. The work of God that God has given to us. That everyone, we have a small part of the Kingdom of God, you can say, that we have to do work in. It's like imagine in this land that we have here, and I say, you know, I'm going to give uh, Rami this corner, I'm going to give him the persimmon tree. Right? Just make sure that that tree does not die. Right? This is what I'm going to give you. I'm not giving you the whole property. I'm just giving you this one tree. Take care of it. Make sure that it works. Or works. That it produces good fruit. It's, take care of it, okay? There's a lot of these trees that we can... Th but think about it in the kingdom of God. That God has a plan for us. We receive the Holy Spirit. We've been activated in this plan. And as much as we draw closer to Christ... As much as we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, it becomes clear. So at the end, what can we say? The biggest obstacle to healing blindness is to say that we see. The biggest obstacle to healing our blindness is to think that we have no blindness, that we see everything. And as true disciples of Christ, all of us, we must follow Christ incessantly for Him to heal us of our blindness. Recall the words of St. Paul to the, second Corinthians, to, to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 3, verse 18. He says, We all with unveiled faces, like our, the veil has been taken, like Moses who had, was beaming with the, uh, the light of God when he came down from Mount Sinai, so much so, that the people of Israel said, cover your face, it's too bright and too scary for us to see this light. So he veiled his face. But it was, he says, but we with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being changed into His likeness from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
but he says a little bit later in chapter 4, verse 3, he's saying, but if our gospel is veiled, if we don't understand it, if, we, if we're hearing the word of God, but it's, it's muffled, it's not clear, we don't understand it, we have to be a bit worried about this because it says, but if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of the world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God at the very beginning of the world, God at the very beginning of the world said, let there be light, and there was light. God healed the blindness of this blind man, and he said, I am the light of the world, and he allowed his light to shine into this, into this man. God could also do this for each and every one of us. We all have to admit that we all have different degrees of blindness. We just have to accept it. We have to accept that there's something that I don't know. There's something that I can't see. There's something I don't understand. And that the only way to understand it is by returning to God. And that He is the one who is able to direct and help us in all that we do by our prayers and meditations on the Gospel, by coming to take of the Holy Eucharist, we have to realize that we are deeply set on contemplating Christ. And when we are deeply set and committed to contemplating Christ, we will become transformed and we will be able to understand deeper mysteries and the blindness will be taken away from us. And we will understand the, 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 what God has shown us through Jesus Christ. We will understand who He is. We will understand who the Father is. We will understand God's purpose, God's mission for us here on earth. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen.